You know? Yes, we don't need to clap this time. No need to clap. What happens next will amaze you. I'll explain why in a second. Maiden A to Z, Welcome to Maiden A to Z. Uh, my name is Eric, and with me, as always, is I, Jonathan. And by with me at the moment, I actually mean we are in the same fucking room. Yeah. How many times, and when was the last? Was last, that? last time was when we did, um, I think it was like, uh, that might have been writing on the wall. The Majestic Porch. Majestic Porch. That, that was a while yeah. ago at this point. That was it. And then in the Hendrix rehearsal space for the Drums of the Beast. Yeah, but that was, that was, that was before. Um, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking about all the ones we've done. Oh, yeah. We've done like four times, I think. Clarion for the very first. Your place. My place. You did one in Loch Ness. One in Loch Ness, so yeah, five locations. Oh, yeah, actually. there you go. So that's, that's, that's uh, it's pretty good. And now we're in my actual studio, not in my home studio, which is fun. This is pretty cool. This is, uh, this is your, your, uh, your lair, as, as the kids would say. Maybe they don't say that, but either way, that's <laughs> where we are. The Midtown Lair. Yeah. Have some beer, which is very apropos, because we're going to actually talk about beer today. Uh, right. you, you might have seen the uh, episode uh, episode heading, uh, Beer of the Dark. Beer of the Dark. Um, so two things are going to happen in this episode, or several things, but one of them is that we're going to... Uh, oh yeah, first, before I forget, uh, shout out to our friend uh, Gareth West, who did an amazing uh, banner for the Facebook group. Uh, the Facebook group is always a Friends of the Beast. Uh, that banner has been posted the same day this episode is released. And as we record this, it's actually his birthday. So happy birthday, oh, Gareth. Happy birthday, Gareth. Yeah, episode 50. So it's yeah. not our birthday, but it's kind of a somewhat, somewhat of an anniversary. Kind of a milestone. It's pretty cool. Because C52 is not going to be the year anniversary because we've been... Uh, been busy. We've been busy. Yeah. So um, this is, yeah, some type of anniversary, I think. I imagine we'd be 50. around like 60-something. No, maybe not. Something, uh, yeah, not, not too short of 60, I think, when we reach up to a year. Anyway, we'll know because we will do the live pod, 20th of November, yeah. Haninge, south of Stockholm. Gula Vilan, Haninge, uh, you can write to us, uh, give you more information there. Also, um, for the rest of this month, send in your fantasy set lists, yep. uh, and we'll read them, uh, either the live pod or something around then. So just send them over to uh, pod at gmail.com, uh, or you can uh, you know send a private message to any of us. We're also on Twitter and uh Instagram, same thing, made an easy pod. Uh, yeah. Yeah, do that, because otherwise uh, Phil Taylor, Filthy Animal, is going to arise from the dead. He's going to knock over all your garden gnomes. Yes, that very specific thing will happen to you. Yep. We don't want that. No, we don't. We don't. So yeah, episode 50, Beer of the Dark. Uh, in this one, mainly we will, the main segment is us talking to Peter Ives from Inflames. Yeah, the former Inflames bassist, uh, current beer uh, creator, or beer, he works at a beer uh, brewery. With another guy from another former in Flames, the uh, drummer, the drummer, Don Nilsson. Yeah, so we talk about Maiden uh, quite a bit. That's obviously why we got it. That's how we got we got him. That's to how do we it. got him. Yeah, yeah. That's we how also, we got all you listeners too, yes, right? There you go. <laughs> That's how we yeah. get people. Yeah, Iron Maiden. And we talked about uh, talked about beer, Chris, quite a bit. I'll say there is. A, I think I mentioned it in the episode. The episode was recorded quite a while quite a while before we were doing this intro. Uh, also, want to just apologize. I have a, I had a horrible cold when I did the episode. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, I'll probably hear it if I listen when I listen to it, but that's my problem. 
that was part of my reason for wanting to do an intro because you sounded sad on Welcome to a Made oh, Made okay. yeah. I sound better now? Yeah, you yeah. do. Way better. Way That's better. Good. You're back. And I'm I think it, especially you know the first w- words you utter yeah. when you have a cold after a bit of a break. Or like, like yeah, it's, it's always like it's still like Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. So uh so yeah, I wanted to just warn about that. But also yeah, what as we mentioned, uh it's odd, the the the, the brewery is called Odd Island Brewing. Um, I've had quite a bit of their beers uh, since then. I've had one or two before. Very good stuff. Everything I've tried so far, I've loved, really loved. Uh, so check them out. Uh, probably yeah. harder to get a hold of. Abroad. Outs- uh, yeah, yeah, outside of Sweden. Could be. A lot of laws come to place, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, like toll laws or export yeah. laws, alcohol restrictions. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's a mess probably. But uh, yeah, we have a few Swedes listening. Have a few Swedes listening. Also, you guys from not, not Swedish, not Swedish, that Jesus Christ. I'm very good at the English. Um, for not Sweden, you know, outside of Sweden, if you guys make it for the live pod, we might we might have uh, we'll probably have some Alt Island Brewing uh, stuff there, Madison Trooper, or some other. Yeah. Uh, we, or we might buy really cheap generic Swedish beer and pretend it's some sort of craft brew kind of hipster stuff. Yep. Yeah. We talked about that, so let's keep the plan secret. But um, yeah. yeah, and also I've said before, if you're coming from abroad, I'll look into arranging some free lodging. Yeah. We'll also we'll also for one just, night anyway. Yeah. We'll do something fun on the Friday if you guys come. Down. Two nights. Two, two, nights. two yeah. nights. I can offer free yeah. lodging. Maybe three. Yeah. But, but that's if, pushing if, it. if you're planning to like you know, like stay for months and months, you probably got to work it out yourself. Yeah, that'd be a different story for sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't think anyone's that committed to this or committed to Sweden for that matter. I mean, like my Mexican friend said, he lived here for half a year. It's like moving to Northern Europe, not interested. No. But he liked it here. But you know, he likes the sun too. Yeah, <laughs> if you like the sun, this might not be the place for you. Well, I do, but I've come to terms with my home. You know, I'm I'm at home here, and also you know, fall, beautiful. It's quite nice out. This is my favorite time of year. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. I mean, today's not the great weather. Meteor day today. Meteor. But yesterday was funny because yeah. I, I think I've. This is sort of a very Swedish thing where it said on my weather app. I got a notification that said, uh, today the sun will be noticeably absent. That was yesterday. Yeah, was I yesterday, like that. Yeah. I like that because I, I had a bad day. So I just liked when, when, I like sometimes when my mood coincides with the weather. Yeah. I mean, also it's nice to start off on a bad note. It didn't actually get better yesterday, but uh, for me, well, that's, that's not really, I also had a not a great, not a great day yesterday, but today's better. So what we didn't talk about too much with Peter, which I expected kind of was uh, the maiden beers and uh, I wanted to do talk a little bit about them before yeah. before the episode. We did touch on the troopers, so we can start with that one. The f- very first made in beer. Yeah. I got it, and I initially actually quite enjoyed it. You know, not like uh, wow, this is the best beer I've ever had, but I like the kind of dull, flat taste that it had, and <laughs> I kind of enjoy that. And of course, the logo is the thing, and we we will touch on that with Peter too. But yeah, like, yeah. I have a friend who's super into maiden, super into beer, and he's not very into criticizing anything maiden does, which I like. You know, you know, yeah, it's diehard or. Uh, What's the word? Um, bleeding heart yeah. enthusiast. But Ride or die. Yeah. So and he did. Uh, he has this app called I think it's Tap. Untapped. Untapped. I have that too. Yeah. And he reviewed it, and it was so clear that he wanted to like it more than he did. Like the pain in him was uh. so obvious. Like oh, I want to like this. I love this. I want to love this. In fact, I want to love this, but I don't. Uh, so that was the very first beer. And to stay on that, well, uh, we we will hear Peter's impression on it. What's mm. yours? Well, I think I talked about it a little bit in this, but I'd say that uh, for me, the very first Trooper beer is fine. And I said this in the episode, it would be better if it was a beer that didn't, um, I mean, in England, it, it's it's supposed to be like sort of an everyman kind of, you know, beer. 
blue collar. Blue collar, yes, if you will. Yeah. And I think that doesn't really, I mean, because there probably price wise is sort of in that price range. Here it's not, because here it's a fancy import beer. Um, and maybe what you're getting and what you're paying for don't really line up too good. Uh, but I'd say uh, it's it's fine, like I said. Uh, but it is it is my le- probably my least favorite of the Trooper uh, line. Uh, or, no, not not my least favorite. Would that be the entire Iron Maiden beer line or the Trooper Iron Maiden? Well, beer uh, they're line? all. The, I mean, they're all. I, mean, I guess they're all. I would, Maybe I, they're all Trooper. I'd call them all Trooper. But yeah. I th- okay, so no, it's my favorite. It's my least second to least favorite. My least favorite is probably the Trooper six point six six because that feels just very unnecessary. That one, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, uh, I mean, on the, on this, in the suburbs in Stockholm, mm. on the square, you'll have a bunch of uh, alcoholic and or uh, amphetamine addicts that will hang out and they will be fine. They're not aggressive or anything, but they drink these Arboga or Sofiro 7.0 yeah. and uh, they taste like you put a bit of vodka in your beer at best. And when you, when the, with the same with the Trooper 666, I feel the same. It's just spiked. Yeah, it's not really that fun for them. It's it's more the uh, it's it's sort of thing where it's the for me, I'd say the beer should be it's the journey, not the destination. For the seven point five, it's it's this the destination. It's not the journey. Right, right. That's the difference between drinking now and in in teenage years. For me, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really drink uh, anything that's over. I mean, sometimes I do, but usually it's uh, four point five for me. And uh, and you drink a lot of three point five. Three point five, yeah. Now actually, I'm drinking a stronger one because you you bought them. Yeah, I don't you know what these are. The yeah, so yeah, I drink could, a lot of those. Yeah, yeah because I like drinking uh, in general, like just yeah. drinking the beer, yeah. and uh, I don't like getting drunk. Uh, I like getting tipsy. Everyone li- likes getting tipsy. Tipsy's good. Yeah, everyone then, but likes eventually that. you get to a peak, and then that, that peak comes pretty fast for me. And the fall, not, or not fast, but I mean rather that I sort of pick a, I find a good level. And I should just if I could just keep that, that'd be great. I think some Swedish comedians did. Did a test like yeah. of the, uh, finding the ultimate percentage of beer in your blood, yeah. and how to stay there for the longest. Uh, I'll, I'll that's kind of what I tried to yeah, do. I'll try to check because yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, right. So that's the first one. The second one that came out that I could that I tried was probably Sun and Steel. Let's read the descriptions, by the way. Yeah. For the first two ones, just for fun, I'm on the IronMaidenBeer.com. Yeah. Trooper Robinsons, malt flavored, citric notes, a unique blend of. Bobek, whatever that is, Goldings, and let's, Cascade. Let's pretend we know what it is. Okay, it's a kind of hop. I know okay. now. Bobek, Goldings, and Cascade hops give this golden ale a subtle hint of lemon, which I can't taste. No. Is that, is that they say that's the original trooper? Yeah, yeah, I can't taste that hint of lemon whatsoever. Uh, and I'm usually quite uh, forgiving to these descriptions. I really try and find it, but there's no hint of lemon in that. It sounds like it's like a flat ale, but, but I, they, I like think, that. Flat that's ale. what beer things are. Like there's yeah. like these incredibly. Re- there's a, a, a friends of mine. Um, I wish I, I should have brought some. Um, they get these beers sent to them every month from like these kind of uh, Belgian kind of really fancy kind of beers, and with them are these like page long descriptions, very poetic and overly involved. Like, yeah. but I mean, my um, what do you call that? Um, like. Um, Sister's fiance, uh, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Yeah. He's sommelier. He's a sommelier. He works with oh. that. So when he he describes wine, you know, that's usually what they do. And I mean, if you give it the benefit of the doubt a little bit, and and you know, not instantly shield yourself away from the snobbery or whatever yeah. you're feeling not included in, you know, it's a bit of it's a bit of that. You know, yeah. you don't feel included. Then if you if you kind of come in with that mindset, you you can taste the things they describe, yeah. especially if they do it uh, like a good teacher does, right? Yeah, well, that, that, that's the but also but the, those those descriptions on this that I'm talking about are just meant to sound very poetic and very yeah. So 
But here, yeah, I, I don't feel the citrus, not even if I try. No. Um, that's the trooper. And then 666 is just charged with even more flavor and more alcohol, but brewed to the same great recipe. So yeah, for me, that's a spike trooper. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, it's not... It's not good. That's a bad beer, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, again, it's 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 fine. That's that's what I'd say about it. And uh, But there's stuff on this list that I do legit enjoy quite a bit. And that's what makes the things are just fine. This is the same things with the songs, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. The, and the ones that are kind of just like, eh. It's not the way for me, really, because, um, like, there's there are none of these beers that I super enjoy, but no. I enjoy them a lot because of Maiden. And, and you know, uh, I will I will touch on that in the episode. Anyway, yeah. so this is one that I can just drop, and then I can, you know, like the other ones more. I have a, I have the bottle at home. Oh, that's That's fine. Oh, and pass me another. Pass me another. These. What, what Eric doing? is situated by the fridge in the yeah. studio. We are celebrating fifty episodes. That's what we are. That's very yeah. nice. There you go. This is also flat, um, flat tire. Flat tire. Yeah. This is also uh, the day as of today. This is the first day um, that all the restrictions here in Stockholm have been lifted. Haven't lifted. All right. It's already twenty ninth. Yeah. Time flies. And since since this 100% will work and not have any fallback, not follow whatsoever, very good. They said it. I even saw the person, someone say on the TV that it's, it's over now. So they wouldn't say on the TV if it wasn't true. So I guess it's over. There you go. Very good. Anyway. We are continuing. And according to this website, the next one is going to be the red and the black. I really like this one. So I'll read the description first yeah. and then I'll uh, you will start. A blend of chocolate and crystal malt. That's not crystal meth. That's crystal malt. <laughs> gives this full-bodied beer, roasted malt and caramel backbone. The Robinsons East provide hints of both licorice and honey to create a delicious warming brew. What do you think? I really dug this one. Um, it's it's annoying that this is one of the ones you can't get here in Sweden on its own. You have to wait for the collection boxes. Because uh, I I totally buy this a lot more than I do. I've had about maybe four or five on my in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd totally buy this on the on the reg if they if they if it was available here. You can't really get it in a simple way. And the same thing really with, um, I'd say the main the first trooper beer because the thing is that's also the re- the thing is, uh, people have asked me a little bit about the twentieth and are we gonna have buy trooper and like first of all it's super expensive to get. And yeah, each it's like you, you, unless we charge ridiculous amount of money, we'd be losing quite a bit of money. And that's gonna and you have to buy twenty four of them at once. Yeah, you can't buy. I mean, for Sunday's day, you can buy twelve, and yeah. that's fine. I guess this is unique for us, right, Sweden? Yeah, we have a weird system, but um, but uh, red and the black, I would definitely buy twelve packs of that quite frequently. I do so. Uh, and even this is one of the good sort of, for me, a good rock and roll beer, as I guess we could say these are to some degree. You were saying, or sorry, rock you know, and roll beers, I guess. Yeah. Let's call that a yeah. rock kind of. You might you yeah. might drink these in a rock and roll situation. Yeah, I think that for that to be to qualify as that, um, they need to be able to be drunk, kind of you know lukewarm or not cold at least, and still right. work. And all these do. That uh, I'd say most of these do. I'd um, but the red and black definitely does. I know that. Yeah, I like it too. Actually, this was one of the better, uh, maybe top three. I would say. Yeah, top three. Um, it's like a nice one, and I like that it named it after Red and the Black. That's fine. That's Fun cool. Song. A new song, you know, and just kind of hyping that, and it's oh, a yeah. great name. Uh, and it's kind of uh, amber, I guess, or mm. what would they say here? It's Roasted malt, caramel backbone. In this case, I can agree, actually. It's a, it's a porter, right? 
yeah, now it's it's been a while since a test of this one. So, but I still remember the flavors described here. So I'll give this one the good word. Also, very. Uh, I like the I like the label. Yeah, the label is cool. Uh, it's kind of trooper, black and mm-hmm. white style. Of it. Kind of traditional beer label yeah. that they went for, and yep. it's just cool. It's perfect blend of uh, an Iron Maiden label and a beer label. Perfect. That's the red and black. Uh, we continue to another in my top three. Uh, this one is the Light Brigade. Love this one too. Description: Made using Chinook Golding hops. Light Brigade packs a punch with its happy and fruity flavor and a citrus grapefruit kick. The beer is well balanced, give a rounded, long-lasting after palate. So that's the description. Uh, what do you think? I, I really enjoy it. I think it's also again I could uh, see myself drinking way more of this. Uh, this probably be very good on tap, I'd imagine. And again, in some places you can get this stuff on tap. Uh, ahead of the, uh, the 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 maiden gig, the latest maiden gig, sadly, uh, here in here in in uh, sunny Sweden, uh, 2018. Uh, there's a bar called Oliver Twist. Who did have some trooper on tap, and apparently on tap it's a hell of a lot better. Uh, I'd love to have that, but um, maybe someday. But anyway, so the uh, I think it's a very good. Uh, it's right in the present present. Isn't it like four or something? Four point one. Yeah, that's Light perfect. Brigade, that is. Yeah, I, I would I would drink the hell of that if it was available more often. Yeah. And it's just a, the only the only thing I'll say. Yeah, kind of boring bottle. A little bit boring bottle. It doesn't look like maiden, but that's cool in a way because then it's just we're just making a beer. Are made in just making a beer. Well, they, they, there's so much cool artwork they could have used. Yeah, they do for the others. I think. I agree, though. I think it's a boring. Maybe why not, the, why not the, Lord of Light beer? And just yeah, maybe, the, maybe the most boring there there is there. But uh, at the same time, I, I think it's a little bit cool that they just make a beer. No. Oh. And it just looks like a beer. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's just a little bit cool. It doesn't trump the the uh, the boringness of the label. But uh, yeah, it's in my top three. I think. Uh, I place it on. Um, Probably the bronze and the silver would be red and the black. So let's yeah, yeah, yeah. let's have the gold hanging then. You know, gold hanging. suspense. The next beer in line is Hallowed 6.0, mm. a hybrid beer inspired by Belgium and brewed in England. This Belgian style yeast combines noble hops and delivers a complete palette of subtle banana and plum finish. That sounds that sounds nice. I I didn't go like, oh, you can really taste the banana. Well, you you have a history of bananas and alcohol. I do, I do. Quite sparse, as really few and far between. It's only with those groups, you know. Do you know Daniel Hellström? Oh, I know him. That's the guy. He brought upon us the banana liquor. He brought two bottles. Yeah, he's 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 a fun guy. Die hard and yeah, a great guy, fun guy. He arranged the shows and. Overall enthusiast. I think he works with stage stuff, kind of lighting design and yeah. that kind of stuff. And uh, I think he makes he makes hot sauce apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in queue for uh, for one of those. Cool. Yeah, yeah like uh, that, that's probably very nice. You know? I can't imagine. Does, does, uh, I mean, he, does he want to be on this? Uh, I think so. Let's get him on this. Yeah, let's get him on. Great guy. But we'll do that here where we can have beers. Right, right. And hot sauce and, uh, and lemon sauce. and banana liqueur. Anyway, I do have a kitchen outside. So yeah, we could cook up <laughs> some ribs with hot sauce. But the, yeah, hello. Uh, I would say I don't remember the taste, to be honest. I've had it, but I don't remember. So I'm not going to give an opinion on oh. hello. But I guess it was all right then because I don't have any bad memories. Um, well, I have quite a few things to say about it, or not quite a few. That makes it sound that, that sounds very like ridiculous. No, no. So here's the thing uh, the style of beer it is. Is not really my thing, um, so going into it, I knew I wasn't going to really dig mm. it. Uh, it's fine, but for me, it's the coolest of the labels. Cool label, yeah. 
let's look at it. Or, really cool. Yeah, I mean, you listeners can't look at it. But I mean, you uh, can probably just it's, it's, if, if, you, if you have if you have internet, which we got to assume you do if you're listening to this. Yeah, actually, you can follow along on ourmadeinbeer.com and just scroll down. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. It's uh, glorious, and I had you know that when um what actually got me decided deciding to that was a really weird uh, formulation. Uh, what what made me decide to co- save the bottles was that bottle. Like this looks so cool. I gotta fucking I'm saving this, and then I obviously because I'm an idiot have like. I, on my sort of maiden shelf, like I'd say, seventy percent of the space is taken up by trooper bottles. Uh, but I wish I wish the beer is better than than the than you know than the yeah. Uh, I can't uh, say anything because I don't remember. But then obviously it wasn't horrible either. Maybe no, it's like, it's maybe fine. it's more towards my style. But uh, definitely don't remember banana or plum finish. But. I, I will say this is one of them that uh, probably for me did need to be cold to really dig it. Um, you know that said, you know I you know I wouldn't mind one now. Right. We're coming on to Sun and Steel, my gold medal. Just uh-huh. gonna spoil it right there. Short description: double fermented pilsner, infused with sake, to produce a crisp, refreshing taste with a flash of fruit. That's all true, actually. It's a good beer. I like it. It's a really good beer. This also something is I order regularly. Yeah, uh, especially during the last uh, you know year or so when I've been doing a lot of you know online things where I've been. Uh, that's maybe it's not a hundred years old. When I've been doing a lot mm-hmm. of like we did, I do like Zoom parties and I do. We, I've done that. We've done. I've been doing that for. Well over, you know, like a few, like a few months into the 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 initial kind of lockdown situation here, so a friend of mine uh, put together a group, uh, and we just sort of uh, we watch movies together. We just have do like after work hangs that kind of thing. And I buy Son of Steel quite regularly. Right, it's a, a good, good beer. beer, not too strong. I'm no. gonna say probably probably my gold medal too. Yeah, I like the label a lot. I yeah. was like uh, toying with the idea of tattooing it, but I came up with the. Or I ended up with another editor too. Still don't have it, but um, yeah, it's, one is coming and it's not Sun and Steel. But then I kind of got my like uh, my enthusiasm was answered by uh, Eddie the Samurai being mm. the Eddie for Senjutsu. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I quite liked that because that was all about Samurai Eddie that time on the majestic porch, like uh, uh, yeah. looking at him drinking his bottle, and then uh, we watched the video. And uh, I will admit I didn't connect anything like he's gonna be the Eddie for the album or anything. When no, we I saw mean, the video, that's, I that's still didn't. It occurred to me just now, not just now, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, but like, it, it occurs to me every now and again that all, the, like a lot of the questions or a lot of things that we assumed about Belhazar's Feast were, did not play out whatsoever. Yeah. And it was just a, such a small part of it. I thought that was going to be the main thing of it. Yeah. And as is probably everyone else. I mean, a lot more, you know, except for our, our, our friend Fergal, probably, you know, he had tons of theories. But he also had a theory that writing on the wall would only be the single. That's so right. He, he was right about yeah. that. Um, no, but it was, it was so weird because I thought there was going to be like, oh, I guess that's it, huh? And it, it occurred to me now, like, well, that you have the album now. Clearly, that was it. No, I mean, I said, uh, ah, I mean, don't, I'm telling myself, don't quote yourself on this, but I'm going to quote myself on it. I think <laughs> I said that uh, we will have the album within a month or something. Yeah. You were kind of right. Yeah, because I felt like, uh, of course, this is ramping up to an album and also, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, one haze then, hazy lager. Lager, lager, lager. Sorry. Uh, it was fun to do the guessing, actually, and uh, also like I knew that there was probably an album, right, because of uh, Kevin Shirley's post and and all of that. So uh, it's not like I'm a clairvoyant or anything. It was such a fun time to be guessing, and it's such a fucking exciting time to to be a Maiden fan. That's the case, the case for everyone. What a yeah. fun time to have this pod and have the amazing community we have around it. Yeah, I timed really well for that because we had the time to kind of get up and running. Yeah. before the release of the new album yeah. and then obviously it has affected the pot i think definitely definitely but also we got so, so much sort of like you know for 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe if we had been up and running for a little bit beforehand, when, when Knights of the Knights of the Beast came out, Knights of the Dead. Dead. Yeah, he keeps saying <laughs> the wrong keeps title. That, yeah, but everyone sorry, does. Yeah, I think sorry, everyone apologies. says it wrong. Um, but I keep doing that. I don't know why. Uh, maybe that's a better title. Who knows? Um, when Knights of the, of the Dead came out, I mean, we we didn't have much hype around there. It was just you and me talking, really. Yeah. Uh, but maybe if we had had the community up and running and we'd been going for all, there better have been more there. I don't know. Um, but obviously, a live album isn't going to beat a new studio album in, 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 the, in the amount of hype and the amount of speculation. Because the live album, you kind of know what you're getting. I mean, yeah. you couldn't, I mean, some, of, some of the issues with the live album we got now, people, you know, you couldn't, no one could really foresee, but, uh, but with a studio album, it's, you know, you have no idea. And that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, we also released the, the whole podcast on the same date, so. That was fun yeah, as well. Yeah, we kind of, that's what we did. We didn't really, like, we didn't have any time to ramp up or anything before So we that. just picked an arbitrary, yeah. uh, that's basically what it was. But then it's way more fun to ramp up an actual album, right? There's so much more to, so much more you can, I mean, you know, there's this thing we know so well, and all of a sudden there's going to be, you know, like an, an hour plus, even more, more than, yeah, way more than an hour. That's an hour plus means, I guess, uh, of stuff you don't know. Right, right. Uh, long enough, and uh, we will talk more about it, but uh, yeah, we were talking about, just before recording yeah. this, we were talking about, for me, first time he- hearing the title track. Yeah. Like, I re- didn't register it much. I registered that there was a, this heavy riff. That riff. And then I registered uh, the heroic melody. But no. the rest kind of, you know, it was a lot to take in at that one point. Then comes the two singles, I'm familiar. And then it was actually easier on first listen. But I think on third listen, I started to understand. Yeah. And uh, now I don't know where I am, 50th, something. I listen quite a bit to it. I like it. Um, it's a great album. Great, great album. For me, I kind of, uh, last time I listened to it all the way through was a couple of days ago. But like yesterday, I think I had, uh, let's see, no... Yeah, yesterday morning I had the time machine on repeat quite a bit, and then in the afternoon I had Lost in the Lost World. So nice. So yeah, sorry. Carry on to the beers. We're carrying on with the beers. Next one is um, my stinker of the beers. Uh, uh, I don't. I hate this one, uh, taste wise. Oh, it's I, I, a tro- IP. trooper IPA. Four point three percent. Marys together. Familiar American hoppy flavors with uh, fundamentally British backbone. And if that's a marriage, that's a, a divorce for me. Like, <laughs> for me, it doesn't work at all. I I taste soap in that way. I, for yeah, me, it tastes like that. soap. I mean, I, I'm. I, I really don't like it, but it could but just be me. So, what do you think? I think it's fine. It's not particularly exciting. Uh, I like an IPA. It's not like fucking eight percent, um, because a lot of them are. Yes. This is fine, but it's uh, but it's not the most exciting one. So when they did the Trooper box part two uh, or collection two, I was kind of disappointed it was in it because I kind of wanted to maybe try something I hadn't tried, or yeah. even I was I was disappointed they uh, didn't have like Light Brigade in it instead. Yeah, much better. Yeah, uh, I really don't like it. So let's head on then. Mm-hmm. Fear of the Dark, four 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 point five percent English dark roasted chocolate stout that is full bodied and rich flavor. Rich in flavor. Uh, quick opinion for me. Quite like it. Uh, I see it as a McDonald's stout. It doesn't taste like a stout really does to me. It's not as heavy, but I like it. It's kind of like uh, if you go to a fast food restaurant, you order ribs and you eat them. And like these taste like fast food ribs, but shit, I like them. They're I, good. You know, I mean, it's a good beer. I've had plenty of stouts that, that taste sort of have that kind of lightness and quality. And that, that, that's fine, I think. Uh, I think. I think that... Um, a lot of times there's these stouts that are like it's like drinking a black hole and i can't i don't that's not really my my thing uh 
But yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. I, I like it. Um, love the bottle. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I a think, cool one with the kind of uh, what Bruce did for the Legacy Tour. No, I, I got a thi- top hat. So do you know? Do you see when these came out? Or just there's no nah, no info on that. I kind of wonder if he modeled the stage outfit after that, or they modeled the, the bottle model after that, or you know, there's so many things now. Yeah, he's such a businessman. I like that. I like that part about Bruce. He's a yeah. businessman, but he's a businessman in the sense of uh, looking for the right words here. He has pride in how he does his business. Yeah, I think he, so he he's not a businessman as in a cash grabber no, he's not a, guy. He's not, well, I mean, I, he wants I, to be good at anything he does, right? Yeah. We, we've established that. Yeah. So, uh, and I think he's good at this too. And whether or not the outfit came first or not, uh, yeah. still good. Here's here's good what move. I think. Here's what I think for for the trooper, the beer in general. I, I I think he's he's very involved in that. I know that. Uh, I don't think he's particularly. I don't think any of them are particularly involved in the game. I mean, most of them are using you know like Nokia thirty three thirties. I think the little involvement they have in the game is well documented. Like when B- Bruce is showing fencing trusts. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's it. Um, Not even wearing those uh, motion detect sensors, yeah. uh, I might add. So, so he's just showing. Yeah, them. like it's not like Lars Ulrich in uh, Guitar Hero. Or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, when he's showing, he's, he's playing with these sensors and he can't nail his own songs. And it's like, I'm a really fast learner, you know, yeah. just give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, I saw, I saw, uh, they did a, they, Metallica did a gig the other day, um, at like a small club somewhere and someone filmed it and Lars is really playing good at the moment. Yeah. He's been really improving ever since I would say the release of Hardwired. It was something about them doing an album that was better than perhaps the three prior. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite is Death Magnetic. Not if you go song by song. It has some strong songs yeah. on it, but I just don't feel it. The vibe is not there for I, me. I don't like the sound. It sounds very... Sound is shitty. I don't think uh, Rick Rubin did any... He didn't do the band any favors. But I think when I hear from people sort of who have done dealings with him as of late, when you when you have him as on production or producing on the prison chair... You, you you get a name basically, and then someone else does the work, and he's there yeah. again. It's actually not even a share in his case. It would no. be uh, in the back of our room here. We have a sofa. Yeah. That's where he would be lying, lying. You know, like on a divan. Is that an English word? Uh, I mean, we can make it an English word. Yeah. What is divan? Do you know it? I think I know what you mean. It's this kind of uh, laying down type furniture. He's on there. He's got his Doritos. He's got his bong. Yeah. And he's just so he's know, not doing a hell of a lot. That's he's a thing. lazy motherfucker. But I mean. The name he has, I'm going to say, not to come off as a complete hater, is based on stuff that he did so well. Like oh, no, I, uh, Slayer, I, I, yeah. Run DMC, Johnny Cash, he's done really good. I, I know when you, I mean, I know Kerry King doesn't really like anyone but at this point, but he, uh, he, he's, or at least he's very good at complaining, or at least he's, he's good at pointing out how he's better at many things. Yep. Uh, but, because uh, I know towards the end, like, I think it was, I don't know if he did their last album. I don't think he did because they were, or maybe he did, I don't know, but. He had some things to say about him, like how he doesn't do a hell of a lot. Uh, no. mm, interesting. But I was thinking, uh, no, but so Metallica did that album, and then they did Hardwired, which sounds a lot better, produced by a guy I've never heard of, never heard of before. It's produced by their tech, their personal tech, Greg, Greg Fiddleman. Yeah, that probably turned out so good then. Yeah, he was involved in Death Magnetic as well, but I think he got kind of the shit sandwich on that one, because he, he tried to make sense of what they had recorded, and it was all very... Yeah, I'm not gonna go into depth, but it's it's a noisy album. It's like harsh on the ears and uh, yeah, there's yeah, it could do with a little bit of low end on certain things. The guitar sounds very anyway. Anyway, that's not what we're here. Uh, no, so so like I said, I don't think Bruce is. I mean, I think that when he's involved in something, 
Uh, he does. He, you know, he he does. He gives one hundred and ten percent. It's not a cash grab. Uh, I think there maybe are people. I mean, I don't know that Iron Maiden per se are involved in every single product they release. Of course not. Uh, like they they probably have nothing to do with. Like before, you could buy Iron Maiden uh, grill tongs from the website. Yeah. Like who the fuck's? I mean, obviously that no one's fucking buying. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that kind of stuff. You know, they didn't try out the swimming trunks either. Probably swimming trunks. It makes more sense though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, but I don't think they tried them. No. I don't think they were involved whatsoever. No, but the people who do that. That's probably more Rod's. Uh, yeah. Side. Shit, I heard something with Rod uh, about. It was an interview with him, I think. No, it was an interview with another guy. It was an interview with Loopy by our friends in Maiden Podden. Oh yeah. The most recent one, and they asked uh, Rod, "Is he involved in anything about the production, or is he just uh, involved in the T-shirts and merch?" And Loopy added, "He's probably not involved in the T-shirts and merch anymore." I mean, it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah, but that's also, you know, this 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 into the game. It couldn't be one guy doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was probably quite involved in pretty much everything when they were younger. Yeah, I did a special episode with Maiden Pod in, in Swedish on on Rod. So Small. if you don't if you don't learn Swedish, listen to that. Exactly for for fun and uh, fun and pleasure, fun yeah. and leisure, <laughs> learn Swedish. <laughs> Tough language. Business or pleasure, uh, as they say, when you travel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can at say least to the states. You can you make the joke about saying, "I'm here for the business of pleasure." Right, and then, right, then you right. won't be allowed in the country. Yeah, they locked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My sister actually entered the states uh, for uh, an au pair job, which was uh, under the table back in the day, and she had some trouble with. Uh, she wasn't like ready for that. She was sixteen, seventeen, what, Swedish what, girl. What, what year was this? Uh, so she was sixteen, seventeen. So that would have been um, late nineties. Okay, so it's pre nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 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 Mean, then she went past nine eleven, but not as a under the table worker. But anyway, she, she almost got caught. You know, there they you have go. they have super strong methods. To see you through. Yeah. And I mean, sh- uh, her being like uh, just a Swedish girl, you know, yeah. law abiding, yeah, good citizen, she's not used to handling the pressure of an interrogation. Because it is this mini interrogation. It's not like I just like, you know. I would say a proper interrogation. Yeah. Like, not so even mini. I got a quick story about that. So I was on my way back from the States a couple of years ago. For those who don't know, uh, I'm, I'm from, initially from the States, right? I grew up there. Where I was, um, you have a citizenship, right? Yeah. yeah. And you vote and stuff. I vote, I vote and stuff. Uh, no, so, anyways, and I, was on the, I was on the way back and I bought a bunch of uh, effect pedals, like guitar pedals from a friend uh, when I was over there that I mm. used once. I played used them. Used once, yeah. And I threw them in the bag and didn't think about it. Yeah. So, and then uh, looking like me, coming with a bag with like three metal boxes connected with some kind of, you know, cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they stopped me and had to ask questions. Because yeah, yeah. obviously it's like a bomb. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had less problems when I was younger and I, I got a couple of piercings and since I got them, it's not even weird piercings. It's two in one ear. That's it. Two rings. Yeah. And uh, since I got them, like maybe I look more like the archetype of a smuggler now. I mean, so I mean, I mean, now I'm more often shaked. It's very they're, they're not extreme at all. Yeah. But they made a difference, you know. Small things like you that. You could maybe. I mean, I think that I mean this is with as much love as I can as that's possible with what I'm going to say. If this was a movie, you would be the guy. The smuggler. The, the police beats up at the beginning to find out where to find the bad guys. I think so too. I, I just look like that these days, you know. And uh, when I didn't, there was no problem. And actually in those days, sometimes I would have a little bit of weed or something there with me, which uh, I don't recommend to anyone. Don't do that. Smoke if you want to, yeah. but don't bring it on an airplane. No, no, not a good idea. No. I, I, I came out okay, but then I looked, you know, I put on my most nerdy square glasses. So it, then it was fine. But um, now I look like a smuggler. So that's the bottom line. And for them, for the... For the remainder of the beer, it's a couple of imports that I don't know. It's a Brazilian yeah. one and an Australian one. No, I haven't tried those either, so we, we can't get a hold of those here, unfortunately. No, no. But um, yeah, th- this would be the intro. And I think uh, just to kind of, uh, before we head into the conversation with Peter, we will say 
thank you, I guess. Thank you, yeah. For yeah. 50 episodes. The episodes and, yeah, you know. And uh, for helping us grow uh, ever so, I don't know, slowly or fast or whatever. I feel we've grown very organically. Uh, there's some people who have just, you know, start, they started as people were writing in. Um, people who I legit see as friends now. Uh, I didn't know, I could not see that. I didn't know that, did not know that was going to happen. Um, I feel we get so much appreciation for what we do. Uh, I've, I've more so than any other project I've ever done, uh, pod wise. And I've been doing like, pods for nine years. Right. Uh, it just, it's just, it's just, it's just, we it's sort of just this amazing kind of magical community that somehow, you know, uh, like I said, the, the, the sorry, the pod is good. We do, we do a good pod. I say we do good, but my, I think what I'm most proud about is the, the community that kind of grew up around the, pod that's that's the best that's our biggest accomplishment so far i think i would say and i'm very i think we've uh, we have this really fun uh facebook page is great there's so it's always you know just a lot of positive positivity and you know so far no one no one you know, everyone just being cool very much so yeah and i'm, I'm just very so. happy about that and uh so yeah thank you all and uh yeah i was gonna say 50 more but it's not even 50 more we're gonna do a hell of a lot more of these so probably at least 150 more but you know i think we're gonna no yeah. one knows where this life is gonna turn and twist but i i do uh, make a constant effort to keep this in my life because this is an enjoyable part of it it, it, it does it does uh it, it sort of it gives you a it gives me at least a, a big a boost yeah so, so uh, greg is here greg the pasquale i'm not gonna impersonate him i'm just gonna read him one time on tour about 20 years ago, uh, I was driving and my singer was in the passenger seat. He noticed I was looking very tired. So he simply asked, maiden or priest, and why? I perked right up and we got so deep into the conversation, we missed our exit off the highway <laughs> and I ended up going 45 minutes out of the way before I even noticed. That's, well, there you go. So right? that's, that's the energy you get from, 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 from these type of conversations. Yeah. I mean, they're not really putting food on your table, not in our case anyway. No. But you get that energy. No, but I mean, I think that especially, and I've sort of said this during the, um, during, uh, during the, uh, either it was Flash or it was Flight, one of those episodes. Uh, I, I know I mentioned the fact, especially during this last year or so, when, you know, when the world's kind of been all messed up and a lot of us are, you know, dealing with, you know, I've not been doing great all the way through, but this kind of thing really, you know, keeps you going. Like I can, like I had, I had, um, uh, not the best week last week, and this week's you know also kind of rough. But doing this is great, and also just like I always get so happy when I go into the Facebook group, and uh, right. so it's you know I know I know obviously like I said you know the the, the it's because of the ma the, the magic that is Iron Maiden that's that we're all here. Yeah. But I know there are other Facebook groups that are not at all as, as good as positive as nice as ours. Exactly. So yeah. we sort of did something or something happened. The stars aligned, so we got a really great group of people. So that's thank you for that for being amazing. For sure, yeah. And um, okay, a little bit more Greg here. This is a fun one, I think. Yeah. This podcast has been great at making me feel like I'm either a great, great Maiden fan or a terrible, terrible Maiden fan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he adds that that part and leads me to think this is a 90s beer commercial. <laughs> and, and I write to him, this is Fortunes of War, by the way. I write to him, Hell yeah, I love that part. Bring on the chorus light. And, his, and then his response is, exactly. <laughs> it kind of sounds like that. Uh, I just find it fun. But what he really meant, right, with the comment is that we do every song, right? Yeah. Sometimes you kind of don't like the song. Yeah. And in his case, it happens. And then he feels like the terrible Maiden fan. Other times we do, the Evil Let Men Do, or 
actually he likes newer stuff too so he's not only super old school like no. um, he's looking forward to some songs that we might do with him later that are modern type songs and also if you listen to dream of mirrors episode which we normally refer to as don't look to the eyes of a stranger episode yeah wonder uh, why <laughs> he likes dream of mirrors too so yeah i mean uh, it's just fun to hear that that you know uh, provoking the feeling of being either a very 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 good maiden fan or a very very bad maiden fan uh, because we do everything well i mean I, i can i can i can relate to that i mean like if you get someone like like fergal on who has such a or henrik or any of the people we've been on who have this like encyclopedic knowledge it seems or like just like they've gone five layers deeper than i would have i really liked fergal's uh analysis of the, uh, the x factor because that like there's some stuff that he brought up like That's fucking true, isn't it? And like, I didn't, right. I didn't see it that uh, way. Uh, his, he, I like that he's super serious too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like uh, dicking around, joking around, but yeah. it can get too far when it becomes like a compulsory jokester type situation. Yeah. And I like to kind of reach for the for the serious shit, for the yeah. for the heartfelt stuff. And he just went straight for that, uh, yeah, which it was, is just so like, it's like wow, like I, that's that makes yeah. me. I quite, I quite dig that, you know, because like that's more courageous. Than just being a, a jokester and joking around and dicking yeah. around, which I can like too. Yeah, but it's, I like the courageous far, part of just coming in and, and saying like, "This is this song is is about something very serious. I have felt it, and uh, here I am," kind of thing. I, I, I just hope uh, I, I don't know how he would, but I hope someone who knows Blaze plays that bit for him because I think he'd really dig that because uh, I think that's a very nice analysis, something he was a part of, and I think that uh, it's, it's a very Even for Steve, actually, yeah, like, Steve too. Steve I, I think it's a bigger chance. I, 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 that's right. I, to be fair, yeah, I mean, but I don't think uh. there's a huge chance anyone Steve's going to get a hold of this. No, well, we we kind of touched on that. Me and Fergal, that is, yeah. that Steve is a misunderstood fella. He's super um, successful. Uh, yeah. So uh, when you see someone that's successful, you normally don't think misunderstood. No, but he kind of is, and it's not. I mean, it's not a mystery why. He's an eccentric guy. He has his ways. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like to get in. Also, I want to add that being the 50th episode. That it's so nice that we got in a lot of different opinions. Because if mm. it was just you and me all the time, it'd be our interpretation of what this band is or what Steve Harris is. But uh, that guy needs a bit of deciphering to understand. Probably me. more so than we'd be able to do on our own, I'd say. Right. Way right. more so. Yeah. Always wanted guests on, but uh, couldn't have expected this good a turn up and this good a quality of guests. So no, I mean it's 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 amazing. It's uh, it's been it's been, and you know we probably have, you know we're just sort of getting started, really. Yeah, and then uh, comes the last. Speaking of guests, I guess the last quote from Greg here, which oh. I wanted to use for the 50th episode is, "I generally do a poor job of verbalizing it, but so much of Maiden from '95 until now, I just find myself saying, why this, why now.'" Why again? <laughs> <laughs> I like that quote. I know? can hear it in his voice, and that makes it really fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, I wanted to use those, but uh, I mean, uh, before we head on to the Peter part, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that I've saved up a few quotes and stuff that I've, you know, messages I've got, and we will do a proper guest feature in the future. Yeah, well, this is also the, one of the few um, ones we've kind of recorded live not live is the wrong with it's all but i mean like we're sort of up to date at this point in a sense we're recording this as kind of at least part of it as it's going to be released usually a lot of the stuff is like we mentioned on the on dan's episode on fear the dark you know that a lot of stuff was recorded not fear the dark uh fuck uh for the greater good of god and uh fortunes of war those two you yep. know otherwise they've we've been recorded quite a bit in advance Yeah, I like the mix of that yeah, sometimes, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes but, but, it's just right before and we can be more current but i like the mix of it because Especially now, that wasn't planned, but it turned out great for me. 
that we had a couple of banks ep- banked episodes when uh, Senjutsu came about. Yeah. That was great for me because then we could take our time. I pre I edited them, edited them. I pre-edited them. Same as you said, uh, how could you post it? <laughs> but I, I edited them quite a while before. Yeah. And then I could just sit back and listen to Senjutsu mm-hmm. and uh, we're actually going to record uh, right now after finishing this we're yeah. going to record our first deep dive into that album. So fun. exciting stuff. So before we move on to Peter, yep. I have one question. Mm-hmm. We can end on this maybe. Yeah. This is a dumb question. It just occurred to me now. Have you always been blonde? <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, no. Fair enough. I'm just, I'm just not very observant. Anyway. There uh, we go. There you go. Here comes Peter Evers from Formerly Van Flames. Uh, we had a, yeah. Good conversation. You and uh, him, They, you were sick, both of you. But, uh, you know, again, the energy that comes in. Uh, Greg, this. Fa- Greg falling asleep at the wheel and then Maiden Reprise and why? Wakes you up. There you go. Wakes you up. So, so. we had a good conversation, uh, mostly about Maiden, and then I guess, I guess uh, secondly about beer, and third about In Flames. All those three topics kind of came out. So um, enjoy um, episode 50, guys. Yeah. Nej, men jag kände också det. Det här är ett svårt ämne. Jag bara kan prata fritt, liksom så det är ingenting. Det bara åker. With us, we have Peter Ivesh. Welcome in. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. How's your day going? It's going pretty good. Uh, I'm at home, uh, feeling a little bit sick, so I'm, uh, I'm home chilling, home here in San Fran, as you can see in the <laughs> uh, in the fantastic backdrop. I happen to have an office overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. That's very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and here we are. We thought you were just on the other side of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, well, maybe know. maybe yeah. you know San Fran is over there. I don't know. I haven't traveled in a while, so this day and age, continental yeah. movements and stuff. I don't know. Indeed, could yeah. be the case. So anyway, for me, Peter, I know him through playing in in Flames from uh, I think I believe '97 till 2016. That is correct. Yeah, and I was a big fan at uh, age 13 back in '99. I went down to Gothenburg actually by train. Perfect. My mom had to call the guy on the other side to check that he was not a creep or anything. You know, my friend that I was supposed to stay with because <laughs> I knew him through the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, and, um, that's dangerous stuff. Yeah. yeah, so at 14, I went down to Gothenburg and saw you guys in Tregon, I think. Oh, yeah, cool. And, uh, cool. I was uh, also raving mad about uh, the fact that you played a bit of Rain in Blood in the song Scorn, because Slayer was my f- main favorite band at that age. Yeah. I was like, yeah. You did? Yeah. Are you mad? Yeah, in a good way. I thought we were angry. No, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> Slayer is a huge favorite as well, along with uh, the other band that we're going to talk about. And uh, yeah. it was very obvious. We, we did that a couple of times uh, in that song and just had it. Mm-hmm few different uh, riffs that came in.
Yeah, great band. You remember any other riff? Because I just remember that. Yeah, I think we did a Pantera one, and we did it. We did a couple of different Slayers. I think maybe we even pulled a Slipknot once. Uh, just thinking, I'm not not 100 percent sure. Mm. There was always like a fun thing, and sometimes it was also like a. a, a a surprise for the rest of us because we all know this da, 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 and then whoever Bjorn or Jesper or Nicholas at the time started up with the riff the other guitarist just followed <laughs> oh, that's awesome so even though you're known from In Flames you're actually here not as the bassist of In Flames but as a beer brewer yes. and also a Maiden fan I presume I think I've heard you uh, mention them a couple of times well that was the main reason to why I accepted to do this there you go perfect since I was, yeah, well, same age you were when you saw us first. And when it was like 12, 13, that's when I discovered Maiden. I saw my first show with them 1988 when I was 13. And I've seen them, I guess, a hundred times or something. Been fortunate uh, to be able to tour with them and uh, getting to know. I, I was, I really, I never really got to know the guys because I never really made an effort in doing so. I wanted to keep them up there as my idols. I met them several times, super nice, but I got to know a bunch of their crew and they always let me on stage to watch their shows from behind the stage and from behind the scrims and everything. So yeah, I'm a huge Maiden fan and I brew beer. Well, actually I don't brew beer. I, uh, I'm uh, part of the uh, marketing team kind of in, in our brewery. Daniel, who played drums for In Flames, mm. he's, he's the head brewer together with another guy whose name is also Daniel, of course. There we go. So uh, we almost landed on it now, but with every new guest we have, we do the Maiden history, kind of going back to the very first time you heard a band, and then maybe the development over the years, if you wavered a bit as a fan and left them for a bit, came back and all that, you know, your, your yeah. load on your story, basically. Well, I was 12 years old when I discovered them. I remember going to Bengans, which is a, a famous record store still around in Gothenburg. Mm, yep. Uh, and I heard had heard that you could take some of your LPs and trade them in for new LPs, you know. And uh, so I remember I had like six or seven of these, like uh, it's called uh, hits, something hits collection or something like that back then. And I traded them in seven albums towards uh, Live After Death. Mm. And that was my first, I mean, obviously I heard Maiden before, but that was my first record that I ever bought with them or that I ever got with them. And uh, since then, it was just, you know, the rest is history. I, I fell in love, fell in love with their way of uh, telling a tale just by looking at the album cover. Mm -hmm. I still hold that very, very important to this day to uh, to be able to, to look into a cover and see all these different details for every time you watch. I fell in love with their lyrics and with, you know, all the everything they shared, all of death, the story of the tour and all that stuff. And then and before that time, I was never, I never even thought that there was a possibility to go and watch bands. I never, that was, wasn't in my, uh, you know, in my sphere kind of, you know, I never thought it. So when I heard when I was 13, that they're actually coming to Gotham, I was like, what do you mean? They're coming here to play. Okay. Well, that's, that's cool. So I went first show I was 13. My big brother took me and, um, ditched me at the scene i remember because i wasn't cool enough i guess so i went to the show alone um went in alone and stood took my way all the way to the front and stood there halloween was opening up they were um touring keeper of the seven keys part two i believe um and um watched them first fell in love with that band watched maiden and I fell in love and have been in love ever since so uh, and that was uh, for the seventh sun record Right, the one they made, uh, the set list for Made in England, I think. Yeah, exactly. Probably yeah. close in on that, uh, so in 88. I, I think it's the same tour. Yeah, it probably was, yeah. yeah. 
then I kept kept on liking it and uh, loving it and going back to the older records as you do mm-hmm. usually when you find a, a group or some sort of something that interests you, you you figure out what they've done before so I went in there and I and I found a lot of a lot of gems that I loved and I then the next couple of records they, they were okay but they weren't back then I remember feeling they weren't as magical uh, as what I had before, which is not dissing Maiden in any way. It's just like the, I, I already got in the wow experience with the first time I heard Live After Death and then Seventh Son. I was, and I was like a fan before they released the record and uh, the following records were awesome. And, and looking back at it, I still love those songs. Uh, then came the situation when uh, Bruce left. We got a new singer, uh, Blaze Bailey, who actually got to know, really nice guy. Don't think that his. Uh, I think he did way better uh, as a singer when he was in Wolfsbane mm-hmm. than uh, when he was in Maiden. Uh, I think it was a bit unfortunate for him to sing those songs. They were okay, but didn't do his voice justice. Um, so I kind of. I wouldn't say that I left, but I, I didn't really. I, I wasn't uh, as much of a part of it. I was more listening to Bruce's uh, like solo albums and. Uh, Adrian's stuff as well, Silver and Gold and all that mm-hmm. stuff when they came out. So when they came back for Brave New World, I was super happy. Fantastic yeah. record. And that coincided with uh, me being 12, 13. So getting into the band oh. at the same age as you did, but in another... I feel so old. Uh, <laughs> still, I am only 25, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Same for Eric, actually. It's often that age, you know, 12, 13. You're very acceptable to, especially metal, I think, at that age. Yeah. You, know, you want more yeah. of it. I agree. We started touring with the Flames back in like uh, 97. I joined the band and started touring lots and heavily and then kept on watching Maiden. And, uh, you know, I had uh, I got the opportunity when they played in Gothenburg. We got the opportunity to, to open up for them in yeah. 2005. Yeah, I was there for that one. That was a good one. Yeah, I was fantastic. Oh, there we go. I remember it was a little bit wow. very on Rockstar moment when I uh, practice drove to the, to the big arena of 65,000 people with my mom and I drove like did all the mistakes you could because I was so psyched for the for the show and some people saw me it's like I jumped out of her red Skoda car after crossing a bridge for bicycle trafficking or something like that you know it's like that's Peter from In Flames he's gonna play soon it's like yeah hey, <laughs> in a little Skoda that's great yeah so I went up uh, I went in and we did the show and that was amazing I, I remember crying just you know out of pure joy and overwhelming feelings to to see that show and um that was amazing then we did after that we did Ozfest and they were on that bill above us obviously and um i got to see them every show it was fantastic wow we've so done a couple of off shows together and uh, i still kept on going to the shows and I, it's been they're an amazing band and i what i love the most i think besides all the like the stage um, props and all that stuff and eddie I love the fact that all their songs fit perfectly into a live set. Mm-hmm. Because when I was like 12 or 13, I never really noticed the high high mixed bass. Because uh, it was just the way it sounded. But when I became a musician myself, I started noticing that not on the old record, but on the new records. Man, the bass is loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was Very like, that's loud. awesome. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, uh, but watching it live uh, and listening to it live, I, I always felt that the newer songs made perfect sense in the catalog. And I think that that made so much sense and uh amazing live band i think there's an interesting point that i think they make the music more for the stage these days uh, the dynamics of the songs are very aimed for that well, uh, as far as i know they still recorded live or most of it anyways most of it live yeah 
Yeah, I mean, you can you can go in and you can hear the the little imperfections here and there, and I think that's part of the charm. You know, it's yeah. it's not always a hundred percent tight, but if it was, you would it wouldn't be made, and it's, no. it's live, and it's it's you know, it's the way it's it's about feeling, and I, that's yeah. what I love the most. Yeah, and I think on high with high mixed bass, I think on your in live with trust uh, used and abused live album, the bass is also very loud. Yeah. yeah, it sounds more aggressive than the original studio versions, you know. We found a good way to to incorporate the bass sound in, in Flames without it taking over, kind of. We, I, I had a, like a, I still do when I play now, I have a mix of like a, a really high-pitched uh, signal, uh, high like high distortion mixed with uh, like a low envy thing. So yeah. I get two channels like that, and then we, two different mics that we mic up the amplifier itself. Plus, there's a fifth uh, channel that uh, gets reamped for for purposes, and that like, all gives usually gives like the the bass that the um, place it needs. It doesn't take over, but you can feel it and you can hear it. Supports the supports the guitars more. I think I'm a guitarist, and it, it comes closer. So it bridges it to the drums. And if you look at songs from Oracle with six guitars on the original recording and two guitars on that live one, I think uh, it, it comes across even stronger without yeah. all the extra guitars, uh-huh. just because you have that bass. And that's the foundation of Maiden to get back on the main topic that the bass is always there. You can trust the bass. Yeah, that it's gonna perform the song. And then as a guitarist, it's very nice. I'm currently practicing some Dave Murray stuff for a cover gig. And it's very nice to know that uh, you don't even need the other rhythm guitar, really, because you have that bass there. Yeah. And you can just play along. That's usually how I practice, too. Steve Harris has been very solid in that all the time. And I mean, the way that he plays the he plays melodies, he plays his chords, he does everything. And it, and it has the usual, like, um, that thing. And I think it's very supportive to the music. And uh, I mean, it's obviously only made that I can do it. And I think that's very significant in the same way as, you know, ACDC and, and you know, ZZ Top. They have their styles that nobody else can really do because yeah. it's theirs. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Two really good bands, too. Always on rotation yeah. here, ACDC and ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah never leaves. But uh, what I can imagine from my little experience of working with bands and on festivals and touring is that the biggest acts they're usually kind of secluded still. Even if you have the VIP access and you have the backstage access, you don't really meet those guys. I've heard that Janik, he roams about, but the others you don't really see. So I wanted to ask you this. Did you get to uh, at least, you know, shake hands or, I don't know, yeah, fist bump, uh, I think Steve that, Harris? You know, we were fortunate enough to tour with a lot of big bands and some bands were very secluded. Maiden wasn't one of them. They were always, yeah. obviously they had their private quarters, but they were one of the bands that actually, not all of them, but most of them hung out. Uh, you could see them uh, roaming around. And as I said, I never really took the time to get to know them. I just wanted oh. to, you know, the, the 12, 13 year old kid in me is still there. And I don't really know, want to, you know, get too close to my idols. You know, I think it's, it's a, we had a former guest who said he didn't want to know how the sausage was made. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I, I did hang out a little bit with them and they were super cool all the time. Um, I remember one time on Ausfest, especially I was sitting in our dressing room and uh, Steve Harris comes in 
just saying hi hey how are you doing you know it's like we talk about the gig in Gothenburg the Ullevi thing that we just did and uh, talking about you know how we wish we could have brought that audience with us and you know uh, it was super cool and they're always very very nice and uh, and I think also a lot of times some bands that we've opened up for have had like such a huge stage prop so you had to play in front of it and you always had very limited access mm-hmm. in front of yeah. it which is understandable because you have a lot of stuff and also you, it's important for the audience to kind of get blown away when the headliner comes maiden has a huge stage prop but we were always granted a huge piece of the stage there was never any issues uh never any problems with a, a certain you can only play this volume or you can only use okay this side of stage, they were always very, very cool. Both their crew and the band, gentlemen to to the bone. And I think that was very inspiring for how we would act you know, when we had support acts. We always, obviously, the drum kit usually needs to be there and you have a lot of stuff, but you can usually move it back. And we always try to do that as well or tell our crew to actually, this is, treat everybody nice. Yeah. And I think the Maiden was very, very... Uh, I mean, they're not alone. There's a lot of nice bands, but there are some bands that aren't as nice. Yeah. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm going to say that uh, Slayer are equally nice as Maiden. They always made us feel very welcome on stage. Fantastic band. That That's awesome. So you don't regret the little uh, jingle in Scorn then? No, that was a tribute. Still a tribute, yeah. Because uh, I'm happy to hear that because I've seen so many of those. I worked with stage work a bit and uh, front of house a bit, and I've seen so many of those cramped up opening act spaces you know it's almost yeah. degrading to stand in that little uh, bird box in the middle well, it, of the it stage. all depends on the thing but yeah not well sometimes it can be like almost ridiculous you know that like mm-hmm. we can't even cross stage because there's so much stuff yeah. but it's it's not always up to the band either it could of be course. like on a festival stage where there aren't so much space you know there's a bunch of bands that has to have their back line up but uh maiden in general even on festival shows and everything we've been treated very very well so i think that's I gotta say that so huge props. I mean, it's it's supposed to be natural to be nice, but not everybody is. But the Maiden camp is fantastic. As I recall, on the 2005 gig, uh, both you guys and Mastodon sounded as good as any time I've ever heard you sounding. And in fact, the only ones who had sound problems were actually Maiden themselves had a few problems at the beginning of their set. So that was uh, I remember that if I recall correctly, the Bruce's mic was not on like the first. Yeah, but noticing uh, rumor kicks in so quickly. I always th- thought about that because of working yeah. as a sound guy. Like you can't open with something with vocals in two seconds, guys. Yeah, like yeah. give it a build, give it an intro. But they like to run out, right? I, I don't remember any sound problems. I was just uh, high on euphoria. You know? uh, oh, such a gig though yeah. with that set yeah. list. You know, especially being a fan of the the older stuff uh, primarily, but not only. Uh, but then you know, uh, only the first four albums and Bruce tackling a lot of songs that, you know, Remember Tomorrow, for example. I want to hear him sing that, really that cool. over and over. I think it does a great version of that song. I agree. I think my favorite version of him uh, on an old song is uh, Prowler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Prowler, actually, from the 05 gig, is a really strong recording of, yeah. of that particular track. Maybe the best one, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw that you guys did a Senjutsu sort of thing at the tap room last yeah. week. Now, have you have you heard the new album properly yet, or what, what are your opinions on that so far? Uh, I didn't hear it all. I listened to it uh, as we were. I was out driving and listened to it. Uh, it's Maiden. It's uh, no surprises. Uh, it's what they do. It's surprisingly strong. I think it's stronger than the last effort. I agree. But again, I haven't seen them play that last effort live, and I think that it would have been fitted in perfectly live as well. Uh, I like how they actually incorporate. Um, you know, modern influences into their 
their own sound without changing it. You know, yeah. I think I think it's great. It's um, nothing that I mean. It's I guess it's a matter of who I am and where I am in life as well. I mean, I I, um, I don't usually get blown away anymore mm-hmm. by new music, but I still can get into that old nostalgia feeling while listening to it. And I think it's fantastic that they still keep on making new music because yeah. I mean they could they could easily just keep on touring old material and still fill arenas but they want to cre- create new music and I think that's the most admirable thing. That's a great potential and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen more. Mm. I just need to be in a place where you know if I'm out taking a walk or doing some exercise or running or something where I can actually just listen to it. Yeah. I bought it on Bang Ans actually. Uh, cool. Here in Stockholm, Bengals, yeah. uh, on the vinyl. Yeah, I think we haven't really talked too much about it because we want to internalize it a bit first. Yeah. But uh, next week from now, we're going to do a couple of songs from that one like on a yeah. deep analysis level and, and uh, talk them through. So I'm I'm just currently listening a lot to it and yeah. letting it soak cool. in. But I agree with you that it's not... Uh, I like that they're not safing it out either. You know, they're not just playing... Um, you know, they're not catering directly to the fans. They're making a making something something new like they've always done and then the fans get to try and get to know it so they're still pushing it a little bit and i like when bands do that even metallica you know i, I can't even think that sank anger that's okay because you gotta try something new then of course that one not great not a great album but still i i, I appreciate the not safeness take risks exactly uh, i know what you mean it's it's uh they want to try something that makes to that makes interesting music for them or music interesting for them i would say and i can definitely respect that uh, even though i'm not a big fan of that record either but it is what it is yeah. they do what they want to do and they're, they're a very cool band as well we we played a couple of shows with them and they they were, were always super nice to us as well same with the sound there you got the whole sound because at metallica i've noticed that the, the opening acts can have a little thin sound like they they kept out parts of the pa or something uh, maybe they do I, which I've i think never, is okay I, i've said it's okay that they do that because they're the yeah. headline you know but yeah. i've noticed that at least you know i think it could be like that but you know just to make that sure that when they actually go on that people get blown away yeah but yeah. i i never uh, had problems with it i never really we were never. I mean, I've I've heard worse examples when you, people can hear you after you know you know one third of the stadium or something like that, just because you're not allowed the full PA or something, and that's mm-hmm. just bullshit. But you know, not the same volume. That's okay, I think. Yeah. So uh, we are going to talk a little bit about beer too. But uh, is there anything else uh, we should touch on with Maiden first? Maybe let's uh, hear. You have a couple of favorites or something like uh, tunes that mean so much to you. For me, could be even let me do. Phantom of the Opera. Do you have any as such? It's, I do, but I always hate doing that because then you exclude everything else, right? But yeah, uh, yeah that's a fair point. I mean, I love I love the older records. I love Somewhere in Time. I love Seventh Son, Power Slave, Peace of Mind. I, I love that, and I think <sighs> Number of the Beast, of course. But I think if I had to choose, I'd choose few, few, four favorite records, and that's Peace of Mind, Somewhere in Time. And it's uh, definitely Seventh Son of a Seventh Son and Power Slave. There we go. Yeah, sorry, it's old school, yeah, but that's what it Can't is. Can't get much better. But for me, the first seven, really neck and neck. It's hard yeah. to tell, you know, yeah. we have this, it's a horse race and you go by the by the photo. Photo finish, yeah. yeah and it's the nose level kind of thing. You know, the first seven are really cool, but I would say Peace of Mind and Seventh Son. So that's pretty much in there. And recently Power Slave, actually, what a strong album. It's so yeah. much energy in it. It's really packed of energy and almost no pause between the songs 
yeah, we yeah. talked about that last time, how Flash of the Blade goes into the Duelist, kind of on the end. So like, poof, and so it's just relentless, you know, a constant <laughs> beheading is what our guest from Buffalo said. <laughs> Pretty much is. Yeah. Making a list is kind of hard because also for me, when I was younger, I was more obsessed with, I had to have a definitive list. This is my favorites of this thing. But it's also very mood based because like Power Slave for me feels very different than Somewhere in Time. If I'm in a somewhere in time kind of mood, then I'm gonna like that record more than I would like Power Slave. Power Slave's like. a little darker, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, the, it's the most, it's the hardest hitting. I say. I was gonna ask as a as a as a bass player, uh, how much is is there? How much, if any, of Steve Harris is in your kind of what you do? Would you say have you has he inspired you as a bass player, or you just you do your own thing? It just sort of. Well, no, he has absolutely. There's a bunch of different bass players that I, I was inspired of. I never had really had like one person that I want to. Mm want to play like him or her it's just like but he was one definitely one of them his finger style obviously in the way also that he's sort of the front man you yeah. know i always wanted to be up up in front some bass players are comfortable in the back standing there just being the backbone not for me i want to be like steve harris and run around and be up front and all the time and for it to be okay as well because it's yeah. been different politics different bands and stuff like that and uh so he's definitely a huge inspiration and also like i said the the way that he interacts with fans and with people and with opening acts and the way he's very into new music and very uh, interested in new bands i think he, he's all that he does is uh, mm-hmm. super inspiring i don't know him personally i don't um maybe i will one day who knows um but you know from from my experience i think he's a great influence the nerd on a little bit nerd out extra on the bass then uh have you ever felt that ah, i wish i played in e standard so i would cluck up there you know and have no. that uh, plow through because in in flames you were all the way down at uh, b flat yeah quite often, no I, well my, my tuning was always different i always tuned it down to c mm-hmm. uh, not always but like the, the last 15 years or so so I tuned down the the i had a five string uh that I was most comfortable with and when the other guys dropped their e string I dropped my, uh, all my, what is it? Well, it's my E string. And then I kept the B string, the lower B string that actually showed. My tuning was A sharp, C, F, A sharp again, higher, and D sharp. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a little different. Uh, and But that way I could never, I never really, even though we changed tunings, I could always keep the same bass guitar uh, in all the different tunings. And even though sometimes if I play, I play with, um, friend of mine called Paolo Mendonca who plays funk he plays an E uh, and I still I always I also I tune up to E but I still have the same style in in tuning my bass so that the B string is a D then um, so I never really wanted to be like clonky 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 that that's his thing uh, but I yeah. wanted to because I was more like chugga chugga you know with a mm-hmm. deep chopping in distorted steel kind of feeling you know yeah. <laughs> uh, wet distorted steel uh, that, that was my thing When I play bass, I, I like to play more traditional style than, than Steve, actually, like more uh, try and lock in with some groove and have a lot of pauses and stuff. So I would never try to emulate that uh, whatsoever. But I love no. it. It's the backbone of Maiden, but it's such a 
it's kind of self-thought style, isn't it? It's not something you really like. You'd rather have your own self-thought style than I would assume. I agree. I think so. I, well, my thing was that I, that I never really thought about it. I never thought I was going to play like this or that. I just played and I had all different musicians uh, as inspiration. And I also liked, like I said, like how Steve and some other bass players never really stuck to being just in the back supporting mm -hmm. the drums. But I also played some some tribute shows, like uh, for with Dio, for instance. And then that was the completely opposite. I was in the back, and I was doing the do, do, do the the fishing boat motor, you know, the, yeah. uh, which was uh, still amazing. Also, you know, uh, Jimmy Bain, great uh, bass player. Yeah, Jimmy Bain, of course. Uh, did you? Uh, what made you? What inspired you initially to pick up the bass or pick up an instrument? Do you remember? Well, we had a musical family. My grandfather was a musician. Uh, he was playing the accordion uh, with a bunch of Swedish. Uh, troubadours and musicians. Mm -hmm. Sten if you know who that is. I recognize the name, yeah. Um, and uh, we always had guitar and we had piano at home and uh, I picked up the guitar in the beginning and then when we finally formed a band, still played guitar, but then I was, when I met my first, what became the first real band, uh, there were three guitar players and uh, I was the, the worst one. So I picked up the bass. Mm -hmm. We initially we we like took turns on bass, like whoever wrote the song played the guitar, but then we just changed that. So I just stuck to bass, and I started taking an interest in like the the symbiosis between bass and drums, and also the, like how how you could play in between the rhythm notes, so to speak, without it being yeah. too much and kind of taking that in. Started listening to a lot of prog, you know, Yes, Rush, Kansas stuff like that. Um, Dream Theater came along, mm -hmm. Queen Strike before that, and you know, so it was. I had a lot of uh, inspiration on how it could sound, how you could be as a bass player, and that made me really, really interested in in developing my style. Yeah, I remember that clearly from Clayman. That I in, initially, my first thought it was Bullet Ride. I was like, oh yeah, the bass is is part of this. Mm -hmm. Do you wish to sleep? Do you Coming in from Iron Maiden and Rush yeah. and a few others, you know, yes as well, Chris Choir. He's like he's all over the place. He's almost a bit Steve with the clonk, 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 but way different, oh. obviously. He's a Rickenbacker, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best looking instrument almost out there, but I can't play it. Yeah, no, they look great, but they sound very mid-oriented, you know. Uh, I like how it sounds, but I could never make it work for me. Beer is quite central in the maiden world too. Yeah. It, it has become, it's good that you're in the marketing side because that's really what I wanted to talk about too, that it has become the main the merch item kind of for rock bands, you know, even smaller rock bands that I work with in the local scene here, they release their own vodka or their own beer. And 
of course, in Flames have a few beverages, Iron Maiden have a few, all the bands, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about this? And maybe in relation to what you do with Odd Island, uh, the whole merch beer thing, you know. Beer is merchandise and um, it, it all depends. I mean, I like what we do with Odd Island. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the name of the brewery, Odd Island Brewing. Uh, what we do when we do collaborations with artists or, or, you know, people that has a name, we make sure before, when they ask us, we uh, like, we need them to be involved. I don't want to make a beer and just have you know, slap on mm -hmm. a, a label and, you know, they do nothing. I want to interact a little bit, so, you know, be anything from a beer tasting to, you know, just sit down and talk. What would you like? How would you, how do you want this to be presented and all that stuff? So that's, that's what we do with the, the beers that we've done for artists. Um, my personal opinion about bands doing that. I, I, I don't really have one. I think it's, it was cool when it came out. I remember because I also run a restaurant, 2112, yeah. inspired by this amazing band mm -hmm. called Rush. Um, uh, but when it all came, uh, when it all started, uh, we wanted to have everything. In. We wanted uh, like the, the Motorhead wine, the Motorhead beer. We wanted like the, the Kiss stuff. And we even want, went as far as trying to import the Whitesnake wine. <coughs> but then 500 other artists mm -hmm. did the same thing. Uh, so I think we stuck to, uh, we did within Flames, like I said, we did whiskey as when I was part in the band. And after I left, they've done a, a gin. Of course, we have that because Bjorn is also co-owner of the restaurant and I played in the band. We do have uh, the Slayer stuff when it's out. We've, we basically, we've summed it up to people that we know that are in, involved and also people that we were inspired by. So of course, we've had Trooper a bunch of times. We don't re usually have it like uh, on a steady because it's, as much as I'd like to say I love the beer, I don't. I think it's a pretty shitty beer. Uh, but I love the label. The first time I drank it, I was uh, I was sitting uh, at 2112 drinking it. And then I ordered a second one and they, the waitress came in. I said, should I take the bottle away? I said, no, no, no leave the bottle. Yeah. You know, leave, leave yeah. both bottles. I'm going to leave all the bottles that I drink. And um, when I say it's a shitty beer, I don't mean that it's a bad quality beer. But for me, in my taste of beer, I'm not a fan of that style. It's like the Brit British yeah. ale. Um, not so much for me. Uh, I know that Bruce yeah. is involved in it, uh, in the first one at least. Uh, I think Steve is involved, obviously, in the label and everything. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, if they ever came to us, do you want to do uh, a beer with us? I said, sure, mm. let's do it. You know, Because I know that we'll be involved somehow. No, I, I think you've got a good point there uh, with the just the label and the feeling of it is a bit more important. I think Trooper, it's not amazing. It's not one of my favorite beers. We had it in a restaurant I worked with way before KGB. We had it on in standard selection. So I drank a few uh, in between the shifts and they're okay, but they're not awesome. But with that label, and if you have like a maiden vinyl night, you play vinyls with friends, sure. of course you want a few of the maiden beers. Yeah. It's fun. And I don't even mind pumping in a little bit extra cash into the maiden machine. They're doing well. They don't need my cash, no. but I like it. You know, I like to sponsor them. So there's a bunch of middle hands as well that get, get yeah. money also from it, which yep. is cool. I think a lot of people make money from that product. So, I mean, and it's still Robinson Brewery, I imagine, right? Yeah. And they they get money, which is cool. So I don't mean in any way to diss on it. I, I'm just going to clarify that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the headline funny. Peter thinks it's yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, it's uh, trooper. Um, it's a shitty beer. Blabber no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's not my type of, of beer so much. But of course, like you said, you know, this watching Iron Maiden drinking a Maiden beer or having a vinyl light, sure, absolutely. Quite happily drink more than a few.
I'd say for me, it's like it's it's not the best beer. And if it had been something more readily available in a sort of a price range that sort of fit what it, what you're getting, because it's 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 a it's it's a pretty standard kind of ale, that'd be fine. But here in Sweden, the cost if you, if you find if you do find a bar on tap, you're paying upwards of like I mean at least probably seven or eight euros, I'd imagine, and that's not really worth it. I don't think no. for that uh, you're paying for the label, like you're saying. But they, they do have because they, they do a lot of different. The Sun and Steel is pretty good, and they do. They, they have a few other ones that are all right, but you know, it's um, yeah, yeah. I only tried that and one more. The second one that came out, we were. Which I think they might have been Sun and Steel. I'm not sure. Um, because they have, they have. Sun and Steel was good. Charge of the Light Brigade. Basically, when they do these really light ones, they usually mm-hmm. they're pretty good at that. And I happen to like those, especially you know, hot days or. Yeah, yeah, kind of no, me, me as well. It's just like, and also it's a matter of when you try different products. Uh, it might not taste the same as when next time you try it. It's all a matter of when you try it and, and what your state of mind or what you're what you're eager to drink at the time. If I want to drink a New England IPA and I drink Trooper, of course I'm gonna, yeah, it's going to yeah. taste a little bit. Different. What was the main fuel for touring with Inflames? What was the main drink there? Was it wherever you went, you had to go with the local Bex or whatever, or was it? Uh, did you have like a rider a rider with special beer on? In the beginning, it was a lot of uh, just you know whatever beer light beer cheapest beer we could find we want we want to drink as many as possible and we want to get drunk yeah. and have fun and party and uh the older we get the more interested in flavors we got and um some connections here in sweden um friend of mine uh, Yugo, he um, he runs a bar called uh, oliver twist Ute in stockholm oh yeah that's what i said. i've been there many times yeah no and he gave us contacts to a lot of breweries in america that we got to visit and they came out to the shows and I guess I was the last on the ship to start the experiences experience craft beer. Daniel was very early, my colleague uh, with Odd Island, and he started, you know, drinking and trying out a bunch of different ones, and then introduced some of them to me. So, I mean, I can't sit around on a on a tour day and drink ten IPAs and no, then well, yeah, play yeah. because I play. But I drank a lot of Budweiser's, a lot of Coors Light, and I and I still do. If it's cold and it's I'm thirsty, mm. I don't mind it at all. Because yeah, I like right. the taste of, of beer, uh, like the taste of, so I'm going to say it's just water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Taste is what it is. You know, it's, it's uh, my taste might be different than when somebody else's. But so it's, uh, I, I'd say on the la- later years, we had 60-40 when it came to uh, craft beer or just, you know, regular lagers. Um, but I never minded going out to a local brewery. Same thing, I never minded uh, going out and just having a, a Heineken in yeah somewhere you know it's uh whatever i was into i never been a beer snob my go-to for podcasting is actually um pips blow yeah uh, oh, fantastic, fantastic. 2.8 or yeah. 3.5 uh, preferably 3.5 but you know it, it's a classic i uh, chuggability we actually made uh speaking going back to this label thing we made a beer with uh swedish uh, football player uh Glenn oh. oh yeah get anna right oh, get oh, anna, nice. yeah. uh, we, i don't know how to translate that because it's very good that's gonna be hard <laughs> <laughs> Jolly good, oi. <laughs> that pretty much, yeah. Great, oi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's they wanted to have a beer that was very, very light. You know, uh, Pripsplor was like one of their, you know, go-to beers, and that's maybe not, but that beer style, you know, very light. And uh, we explained to them that we could make it, but it's always going to be like a craft mm. beer. You know, it's going to be our style, and we're going to try and make it as light as possible. But it needs to have some sort of character as well. So we made Götana, which is. It's a very, very drinkable beer, very easy to drink for people who haven't even experienced craft beer yet. Um, 
I don't think that's great. And it also gives us a new audience because a lot of times people think the craft beer is very bitter IPAs and that's all there is, you know, including me once upon mm. a time. So we're trying to work with people who can actually help us broaden the, the brand or the island and make people understand that it doesn't need to be difficult. Uh, the flavors doesn't need to be difficult. And uh, so all our beers oh. are very distinct, but they also have a little less car- uh, carburation uh, than other beers. So you don't get too full. And um, their flavors are very, I mean, it's 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 not prog, it's more pop music. There you go. Yeah, it's a little wider, but it still has the, the good taste and the high quality. And it's always very consistent in between batches. But and and Götten, I was one of those beers where they were involved in the tasting and the deciding of the etiquette in the they were even part of of uh, canning the first line and stuff like that. So that's that's been cool. It's actually a podcast. Yeah, it's what it is, you know, a beer for a podcast, right? That's the yeah, name it of, is. of yeah, their it's podcast. It's called Götten the podcast. Götten yeah, yeah. Yeah, Götana Podden. I've heard a couple of episodes. It's very Gothenburg-centric, which is fun for me yes, as a Stockholm is. guy. You know. Daniel and I was part of it once. We did one episode with him. It's, uh, we had fun. Yeah, no, it's very enjoyable. I've never been a part of the verse Gothenburg versus Stockholm thing. I found it quite ridiculous, to be honest. It's, it's always, I, I like to engage in Gothenburg culture ever so often. Yeah, no, I, I don't care at all. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm up in Stockholm as much as I can, and not, not so much this last year and a half, yeah. but uh, in general. And I have lots of friends up there, and uh, there's lots of great breweries up there as well. For me, there's no competition. There's collaborations. That's all. Yeah, yeah there's, I mean, there's, there's so much out there's. There's not enough, uh, or there, there's so many people out there that it seems like there's no one can do everything. So it's better just it's better to collaborate with people and do cool things together because there's enough people yeah. out there to, you know, enough customers uh, out there to, yeah. you know for everyone. And I'll say as far as the uh, easier drinkable beer kind of situation, the older I get, the more I kind of move towards like like four point five around there is sort of my sweet spot. I figure that's you know you know if you can get a good beer around there, that's that's perfect for me. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. But well, then again, some craft beer they do magic. You know, they do magic with the eight percent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nothing. So uh, I don't know how they do it, but that's great too. But light beer is always a go-to, right? It always works. Yeah, I, I've always been a huge uh, folkel drinker. Mm-hmm. People's beer, as we say. Dunderonen. Yeah. <laughs> I just now remember I used to have, or I still have it somewhere because you guys. I don't. I think it was official. There was an flame shirt that was the Carlsberg logo. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably the best. Now, now, now did did you did you guys get permission to do that? Oh, we, we got a slap on the wrist even, and uh, we stopped making it. But then I guess it seems like some people picked up and they do bootleg of it because I still see it if there's like a, a fair around, you know, and I happen to be there. There's usually a, probably the best brand in the world yeah. T-shirt around, and it's not in flames that that did it. It's somebody else. Yeah, well, yeah, because I have it here somewhere. But yeah, I have the Star <laughs> Wars. I have the Star Wars one actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we got a few slaps on the wrist. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's, it was always a tribute, you know. It was Carlsberg uh, just for the logo and for the perfect, you know, um, uh, phrase, you know, probably the best beer in the world. I mean, who comes up with that? That's super smart. Yeah, yeah. it was very you know, good. And, uh, yeah. When it came to Star Wars, you know, we're all fans, you know. I've even been to Skywalker Ranch and to Island. Oh, that's cool. Times. Fantastic, yeah. And the San Francisco background. Lots of sci-fi actually in the overall Maiden community. Yeah. yeah, I'm not huge on it, but Eric is definitely not a big sci-fi it, so, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it yeah, piece by piece again. It's never too late. Never too late. Uh, Force is always with you. I have a huge Star Wars collection of. Uh, I'm trying to uh, to put. Uh, I want the whole uh, original Kenner dolls. Away. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? And I have. Uh, I think I'm missing seven, seventeen. 11 or 17, uh, I forget. So, Because I, I buy all these big, like I say, it's like, oh, so you have this one 
figurine I need. Yeah, well, you got to buy the other other 158 as well. Okay, no problem. So I have to <laughs> solve like replicas and stuff. So as soon as I get the whole, uh, I have a like, cabinet that's where everybody's standing up. As soon as I get that filled with the, the original and get it filled, I'm going to sell off the rest. Uh, you should talk to uh, Bill in Mastodon about this stuff, right? I've, I have. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen he's a complete geek with this. Yeah, I mean, the best thing he ever did uh, that he told me, uh, not the best thing he did, but he did a really great thing. I think one of his kids were bullied in school. Yeah. And then he dressed up as Darth Vader and went to school and uh, talked to the kid. Awesome. That's cool. Parenting done right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about the transition from touring musician to uh, restaurant and beer man? Uh, For me, when I read about this, it was kind of, you know, we talked about lineup changes in Maiden. And for me... That was the thing with Inflames. I kind of took my opportunity to uh, to leave leave the band at the time you guys did. Uh, yeah. Not that I, you know, I started to enjoy the albums a little bit less. Actually, one of my favorites is Siren's Charms, which is a late one. Yeah, I think that one is really cool and a bit overlooked. But I I couldn't get into battles and and onwards, so I thought like I leave with the guys, yeah. <laughs> and I felt like it was the right time to leave. Maybe go home watch EF Koyotebori. <laughs> uh, be with your family, drink beer, all that kind of stuff. So that's how I imagined that it would have been like not uh, not leaving in a in a like an explosion, more like uh, very planned. And you know, I want to go to another side of life. And what would you say on that? I'd say that it's a mix of everything. I mean, it's I really, really, I mean, there are some underlying uh, stuff that happened, obviously, but I never really want to sit and talk about that afterwards i can sit with the rest of the guys and talk about it i experienced like this and you experienced it like that but yeah. there's always two sides um for my uh, point when daniel left uh, it was kind of i knew i knew he was going to leave because we spoke a lot about it him and i and then he broke it for the rest of the guys and uh then when he left i kind of i stuck around for a little bit more but it wasn't it started being for me not the same not dissing anybody else uh, at all. Um, that's very internal. We we keep it that way. We're still on good terms. Um, but for me, it became something else, and it, that made me appreciate the uh, the other side so much more. You know, appreciate being at home. Appreciate, you know, um, planning my own time. Because when we were younger, in flames was everything. You know, we could tour however long we were needed, and then. When we got kids, that became a little bit more difficult, obviously, because all of a sudden you were, you know, there's more people in your life. And um, so I tried to bring my kids on tour a little bit, but it was also difficult because school and, you know, it costs money to bring them out. And it's not always cool to have your family out in the crowded tour bus and stuff like that. So I just started to appreciate the road time less. Always enjoyed the show, but there's another 22 hours, you know, every day that you got to do something. Started working out, going for long walks, discovering the cities and having fun like that. But you can only discover a city so much, you know, when you come back for the fourth time and you've been everywhere, you know, sure you can go for a walk. But no, I just decided that, you know, this is this is not fun anymore, um, the touring part of it. So I uh, decided on a tour, you know, this is it. I told the guys, this is I'm leaving. Like this is my last tour, and I think they had it. They had a hunch that it was coming uh, because I wouldn't. I I wasn't really spending time with anybody. I was a lot uh, by myself and by local friends in each city and stuff like that. So 
I started, uh, I talked a lot to Daniel about our island and how we're going to build that up because he started it back in end of 2015. And then I told him then I'd like to be part of it, you know, and he said, yeah, I just need to learn how to make beers properly first. So in the summer of 16, I uh, I joined the brewery and uh, we started selling more and more and uh, being more and more visible. And uh, when I finally left, that's when I could focus 100% on the brewery. And it felt really like the right decision. Uh, my original plan was to play with Inflames till I was, you know, as old as the Maiden Boys and for everybody to be happy and maybe not tour as much, but kind of have fun while doing it all the time. But since things changed uh, a bit, I just decided that I no, I'm going to do something else. And uh, from now on, I'm just going to do things that makes me feel good. You know, if if there's something, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. If there's something that I'm not happy with, I'm going to do something else. So with Out Island, we have a we, we have a saying. It's like if it's not fun, if it's you know complicating anything, we won't do it. This is only fun. That's a good philosophy, I think, yeah. to, to live by. Good yeah. grounds to stand on for sure. Yeah, but uh, again, I don't want to be one of those guys who sits and bashes his former bandmates. You know, it is what it is. What happened happened. We've all moved on, and uh, I wouldn't mind you know meeting. And I mean, Bjorn and I have have drinks all the time. You know, it's it's no problem. Right, right. And I guess if you do leave at the right time and under the right circumstances, uh, at least you know to the best of abilities, it's easier to to let the let them go their way and be happy about it too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, you've heard, uh, Blaze, for example, he's really happy about what happened to Maiden after the reunion. He follows yeah. it. He's friends with Bruce. He's on his show and in the radio and, and all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's the, the terms you want to leave on, really. Yeah. No matter the reasons, really. And that's not even what I was fishing for either. You know, you don't want that kind of... No, no, no. I, I didn't take it that way as you were. I just wanted to be open with it. You know, I, was yeah. like, I left because I didn't have fun anymore. But, you know, that that's what it is. And um, I think the biggest thing that I've gained from it is that now I can actually... I'm a, I'm, you know, I can decide over my own time. You know, I can... Uh, because before I was like, hey, dad, are you coming to my uh, soccer soccer practice next uh, weekend? So, yeah, probably. But then the show came up or something. Maybe not next weekend, but, you know, if I mm-hmm. come to my graduation in six months. Now I can say, of course I will. And I can plan it in. I decide to everything that comes up, I say no to because, you know, and this is normal for most people. But for us, it wasn't because there was always like an opportunity around the corner. Yeah. And we always jumped on it if we felt that this was the way, best way to do it. And uh, that was fine. But that's what I appreciate most now, that actually I can plan anything, you know, according to however I and me and my family would like to have it. Yeah, you have to be on your toes, I think, in that business. Even a big band like Metallica, they have short notice things that happen that yeah. they need to do. You know, of course, they have military level planning and, you know, outsourced planning and all that. But even them, they have to be ready. And their crew, yeah. they have to have one crew in Europe, one in America ready to go uh, special yeah. things happen so of course it is like that and also i wanted to ask uh, collaborations with odd island aside from uh, glenn hussein and Gatana. Uh, you mentioned artists because i don't know if you do that yeah we do a few uh we did one beer a long time ago we did one beer with my good friend uh, mika stanna from dark tranquility
beer lover as well, and uh, he brews his own beer at home. Uh, so we did one beer that we called Mikael, you know, because that's his name is Mikael. Mikael. <laughs> that's cool. Funny. Uh, that was only available on a, on a fair. It's called the All In Fair. That we that's uh, every year in Gothenburg for interesting breweries. Um, so we did that, and we have in the planning to make that an official beer as well. But a lot of stuff has come in the in between. We have done a couple of beers with the band Luke. L-O-K. Mm-hmm. Great band. That, Great that last show I saw with Luke. Yeah. Seriously, one of the best shows I've seen in my whole life. Is that in Stockholm uh, 19? Yeah, the crowd moved like an Argentinian crowd. Yeah. to back jumping singing wow we actually had our, had our beers there because i'm, I'm good friends with, with uh, daniel the bass player and he came to me and was like we want to make some beers and so we did we made two beers um one uh, just just like starke i think it was called and then we did one <laughs> was like knock and blestrar wheat sour oh that's good there we go just for swedish uh, people uh, understand but so we did those, and we had that in Bestellings uh, Sortiment that that's Sustainbelaget that you could order, uh, very limited. And then we released uh, proper beer with them last year. It was supposed to coincide with the release of their new, well, some stuff they had planned, but then the pandemic came. So we did that, uh, and uh, I think we're going to do another beer when they actually do release some stuff, if, if they do. We've done, um, <clears throat> the latest collaboration is with a Swedish uh, Dance band. I don't know what it's called in English. Arvingarna. We tried that before. We couldn't succeed in translating dance band actually, because Eric is American originally. So sometimes yeah. I ask him, and we couldn't. Yeah, get I don't think it's a good word. I try to call it Swedish country, but it's not Swedish country. You know. No. It's, uh, no, but I think that's the that's the closest way to it because we don't really have country, and but that's what it is. It's Swedish yeah. country. Yeah, that's what it is. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, no, but they and they were also very in into the whole process. Um, they came on tastings. We had lots of discussions about everything. We did a bunch of different artwork and came up with a bunch. Because a lot of people ask us, why don't you just name it Eloise? Which is their oh, good name. Yeah. That's like, yeah, well, we suggested that, but they wanted something else and they have to decide, of course. And they wanted this to be a serious project, you know. So it's just called Arvingarnas Lager. It's a modern lager with different type of yeast, which makes us uh, make it's. I think the clinical term is IPL for it. Uh, it's very high uh, drinkability as well. They wanted to make an IPA first uh, because that was their favorite or the personal taste. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's um, it might not be what the audience are into. So we did lager. We have plans to make something else for next year, uh, and it's it's selling very well. It's actually you know very fast because we're a small brewery, and when we release our beers, we get ten stores. And then the rest of the stores that happens are strictly on demand. And I think Arving, and I, after being released three months, it's it's up in like 22 stores or something. So it's really high demand, very, very popular beer. And it's high drinkability, that we would like to say. And, um, and they're very much involved in everything. So it's super cool. 
I think I, think I know that one actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see them all over uh, Swedish TV actually. So that's yeah. a pretty big name, Arvingana. And I think there's a video of Casper uh, doing a couple of rocking tracks as well from one of those TV shows. Yeah. yeah. They're cool guys, all of them, very down to earth, and they're a band where everybody has, you know, they do it together collectively, and and it makes me so happy to see that. So we have, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get to know them more and more. Very nice, down to earth guys uh, who appreciate music, and and it's like it's so fun because I went to see a show of them, and uh, then I went to see they're doing this TV show that they're going to have next year. And uh, me and uh, one of my colleagues uh, went to uh, to that as guests, just drank beer and just watching them, and they sing like four piece harmonies, and it's so good. There, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say that the music is something that really appeals to me too much, but the way that they perform it, Casper yeah. the singer is a great bass player. The other guys are great instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. They can all sing, and they sing like I. It's they sing so good harmonies. So all the praise to them, uh, even though it's not cool to like dance. Yeah, exactly. But well, I noticed that when I've been working with bands, that after a while, I'm just so happy if the quality of playing is there. More yeah. so than it's, it ha- doesn't have to be up my alley, so to speak. It's like, okay, these guys know what they're doing. Awesome. We're going to have a good time. It com- comes with age, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes with age. We're going to have a good time. The crowd is going to have a good time. The bar is going to have a good time. Everything is going to work yeah. because this band, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the case with a lot of these old dance band then, you know, comparable, I guess, to the American equivalent, that they are good showmen, good musicians, just really good at what they do. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Do- doesn't all have to be Slayer. No, no, it doesn't, you know, but Slayer is always Slayer. I love Slayer. Slayer is always Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually took my, my, my boy to see, because he likes Slayer as well. He's 12. So I took him to see this um, when they released the, the movie thingy. That they did, and I hadn't read up on it because I didn't, and I didn't know that it was going to begin with the story and how brutal it was. So first came up uh, was like, uh, is it Repentless? I forget the name of the the first video they put out. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the prison scenes and all that stuff, and uh, so it's like okay. So he's like looking down because it's too brutal. So we actually went out for that until the actual show started because that's what I wanted him to see. And he loves it, you know, because I can never take him to see it because of the stupid rule we have in Sweden where you you have to be 13 to go to a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I've, I've seen a bunch of kids at our shows, but they always have like uh, uh, headphones on. Yeah. yeah.
I was able to, I was able to order quite a few of them. Uh, I can't remember the exact number now, but I, I got, there was a bunch of my orders well, for today actually. But because uh, cool. uh, I, I didn't think that when I went, we were planning this. I was like, oh, I'm going to have some of those at the same time. And I thought, then I sort of forgot the fact that we're doing this around lunch. Uh, <laughs> so at least but, it's know, Friday. Cut, yeah. cut this in afterwards. So just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just me doing it. Yeah. At least it's Friday, so we can have beer on our minds. You know, drinking yeah. water and. Now, all our beers we always made available to order like uh, one piece, except for uh, when they're qualifying into the FASTA sortiment or the steady assortment, yeah. uh, like Götterna is now. So Götterna, you need to order 24. Uh, 24 is fine. They, they fine. count the points, and the more points, the more positions it's going to make, uh, going to get in mm-hmm. March. This is now. So everything else you can buy like one of. Yeah. Right. Do we have cool. any final comments on... Uh, I guess maybe on on back to the topic on Maiden then anything you felt we missed out on. I could probably talk for hours and hours about Maiden, but no, nothing, nothing that comes to mind. I'm just really looking forward to the shows hopefully happening in Sweden next year. Yeah, and definitely. Also, yeah, uh, we're gonna have a we have a street food place with twenty one twelve at Heden in Gothenburg, which is pretty much everybody passes that way when you go to the big arena. Um, uh, that they're playing or if, whether it's Scandinavium or Ullevi, everybody passes that way usually. So we're going to have a huge maiden pre-party and uh, everything that there. So, and it's outdoors and it's, it's always, it's people's beer only. So you can basically bring it with you anywhere you go, which is, which can be really cool that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching the show and just hosting a party again. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So yeah, that's been a, it's been a good time for Oktoberfest edition made in A to Z. Yeah very fun to have you here yeah likewise thank you for having me i gotta i just gotta add about uh, oktoberfest we're actually doing our second uh, annual it was supposed to be our third but last year didn't happen odd oktoberfest at odd island there we go so gonna gonna do that german theme if, if you i don't know when this airs but this, uh, october 1st oh perfect it's yeah. uh, the, the party is october 1st and 2nd so nice okay so today then yeah <laughs> cool party's on today yeah <laughs> that's a good point to sign out on so. yeah Thanks a lot again, Peter. Thank you so much. We say this actually at the end, and it's very apt this time. Up the irons and skull from the north. Up the irons. Cheers. Ja, jättekul. Tack så mycket.